Phil Moss is on the line. Plenty to talk about in the world of football. Mossy, good morning. I'll just run this little sentence past you, Mossy. Central Coast Mariners 6, Melbourne City 1. Sorry, you're breaking up, Ray. I didn't quite hear that scoreline. <laughs> Incredible, wasn't it? Incredible stuff. Good morning, Mossy. Uh, it was remarkable, and I hope my voice gets through this segment because I was, uh, well, I'm still out here at Parramatta, stayed overnight, and uh, it was just uh, an incredible night. It, uh, it really was. You, you had to keep flashing up at the score yeah. scoreboard, you know, in the later uh, stages of the game just to, just to pinch yourself and, and make sure you weren't dreaming it and um you know like it's not not just being an ex-mariner uh, coach and assistant coach myself and having them in the heart but it was it was a grand final for the ages it was it was remarkable you're talking about the club with the greatest resources the richest club in the country uh given their ownership with the city football group same as manchester city um against the central coast mariners where we all know that the resources are absolutely stretched and mm. The days where we used to give the groundsman fifty dollars to fill the, the the lawnmower up to to mow the training pitch so the boys could get on there, um, and you know things have improved since then. There's no doubt about it. But still, um, you know they are a selling club and uh, they give players a chance uh, as they always have, um, who other clubs wouldn't touch until all of a sudden uh, they turn to gold and um, and then they become uh, very attractive options for other clubs. And I think that's the point. You know, there'll be a few players that leave. We know Jason Cummings is uh, more than likely to go to India. I think Nectar Triantis, the, the young stopper, young centre-back, I think he'll end up going to uh, to England um, if a male is correct. So, you know, there'll be a bit of a change in the guard next season, but let's let's just stop, pause and enjoy the moment for the Mariners at the moment because that was a sensational grand final. Mossy, who were the best players in your opinion and what does this mean for football on the Central Coast? It's huge, Bulldog. Like last night, I was actually sitting with Graham Arnold and, and we looked around the stadium and I said, this crowd is absolutely a complete reversal of 2013 where Western Sydney Wanderers had three quarters of Allianz Stadium and the Mariners were behind the goal. Um, and, and and that was pretty much it back in 2013. It's still a fantastic atmosphere. Uh, but last night, it was three quarters Central Coast Mariners. So mm. over 20,000 uh, Mariners fans came down the freeway. Now the, the key is obviously capitalising on that. It's, it's a fantastic night. It's a it's a memory that will long uh, will live long. Um, but how do they capitalise on that and get those, you know, fifteen to twenty thousand in regularly at uh, at Gosford Stadium? I think that's the uh, the Central Coast Stadium. That's the key. Last night, Bulldog. Honestly, and, and I mean this with all sincerity, there was not there was just superstars all over the pitch for the Mariners. You you, you can obviously pinpoint uh, Jason Cummings scoring a hat-trick um, but really there was not a bad player on the pitch for the for the Mariners there was nothing less than a great player for the Mariners last night they were all on mm. the, the style of football they played it blew Melbourne City off the pitch and that is saying something because they've got some you know some World Cup superstars in their their lineup um, but they just couldn't deal with the might and the energy of the Mariners yeah what happened to Melbourne City they've been so good all season, they're a star-studded side, the big stage. What happened, Mossy? I, I can only, I can only suggest, and I don't know this, but I can only suggest they got their preparation wrong. Yeah. Um, because they didn't have the energy that the Mariners did last night, and um, you know, if it wasn't for Thomas Glover in goal for for Melbourne City, the Mariners would have been out of sight in the first half an hour. Um, you know, he pulled off three outstanding saves, brilliant saves um, in that first 30, 35 minutes. 
um, the, the scoreline could have really blown out even more than 6-1, which is ridiculous to say, but it's it's a fact. Um, and I just think, you know, the, the, the Mariners, you've got to give them credit for the way they pressed defensively. Um, you know, high energy got in uh, got in the faces of Melbourne City, didn't let their, their stars play. Um, because really it was so rare that you saw Jamie McLaren on the ball or Marco Tilio running one-on-one with defenders like he, like he normally does every week. Uh, Matt Leckie um, was given no breathing space at all. You nullify those three, and Andrew Naboot as well. Um, and, you know, the, the, they they lose their potency in attack. And then in midfield, uh, Aidan O'Neill was barely able to turn defence into attack. Um, and so I think Nick Montgomery and his staff got their game plan spot on, nullified Melbourne City, and, and then really capitalised on their strengths in transition when the field was open. Mossy, I assume... I'm- Mid all the celebrations, you did get to keep an eye on the FA Cup. What did you make of it? <laughs> or the FA Cup final, I should say. Yeah, through one eye. And I, I was kind of hoping for the City Football Group's sake that they won that because uh, can you imagine uh, losing the A-League Grand Final in that manner and then losing the FA Cup in uh, in England uh, a couple of hours later? It would have been a dreadful night for City Football Group. But they got there in the end, Melbourne, uh, Manchester City, I should say. Look, I think it's... Uh, on what I saw, and I didn't see the game from start to finish, but um, on what I saw, you know, it was a deserved win. Um, it sets them up nicely for, for the treble now. They they, they obviously uh, take on Inter in the Champions League final to try and emulate that treble that Manchester mm. United won in 1999. But, um, yeah, you couldn't put it past uh, Manchester City. They've been fantastic all season and deserve to have uh, the league and the FA Cup in the in the cabinet. And talk about being fantastic all season. Ange and Celtic did it again in the Scottish Cup final, 3-1 against Inverness. Remarkable stuff, isn't it, Mossy? Just how We're consistent have to change that. Celtic are. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. We'll have to change that word fantastic to Ange-tastic. He's, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> he just keeps uh, going and going and winning. I think he's won now five out of six trophies on offer since he arrived at Celtic, um, which when he turned up, he was Ange who... Um, and now he's angstastic. So, uh, you know, he's, he's really, he's turned uh, public opinion over there. He's put his name on the map. He's, um, you know, it's, it's not just the fact he's winning, it's how he's winning, how the team plays, the energy that they play with. Um, you know, he really is headed for, and I say this with all due respect to Celtic and their fans, but he's headed for bigger and better. Uh, of that, there's no doubt. It's just a matter of when, uh, not if. And um, who knows, that could be just around the corner with all the talk about him going to Spurs and uh, Scott Munn obviously is there heading up the football department now, the the Australian uh, administrator who was at Melbourne City. So there's there's strong links. There's uh, there's a lot more smoke now. Um, and you know what the, the old saying is, Bulldog, where there's smoke, there's fire. Exactly. Uh, Mossy, you know Ange better than most of us. Has, that, has this been all part of that stepping stone, all part of that path he's taken to eventually get a top job in the Premier League? Yeah, it's funny, Ange will, will say he doesn't really plot a path. Um, he just takes a project uh, on face value, and if it makes sense and feels right, then he'll he'll do it. Um, so he's not the type, uh, in his own words, to sit back and think, well, if I take this step and then that step, in five years, this is where I'll end up. Um, he just goes with the, the flow at the time, and... Um, you know, it's, it's worked for him because if you think about his uh, career trajectory and, and the trophies he's won everywhere he's been, both at club level and, and obviously with the Socceroos and that Asian Cup win, 
um, you know, it's worked for him. So uh, he, he's very smart in the way he handles the media as well. He was absolutely grilled in the lead up to this morning's game about where he was going to end up at the next season. Would it would it be at Celtic again or, or Spurs? And um, he just kept saying the focus is 100% on this game because that's what the fans and the players and the club deserve. And that's where my focus is. I don't think past that. So, um, you know, it, it'll be really interesting because I, I don't know how long he'll... If he is the number one target of Spurs, I, I think that's got Ange Postacoglu written all over it uh, as a project. And where they are at the moment, the squad that they've got, the tinkering he could do with it. And the, I, I think he could turn them into a force very, very quickly. So uh, it's going to be really interesting next couple of weeks. Yeah, watch this space. Hey, Mossy, appreciate it. Always great wrap-up of the world of football. We'll talk next week. Pleasure, guys. Have a great day.